0: We are the 12-sided guys. We have Matt as Pine. Hi. Scott as Roos. Hey, that's me. Jordan as Ebby. Salutations. Sabrina as Nari. Hey there. And me, Paul, as Applebottom. You know, that kind of sounds like a My Little Pony.
1: Anyway, (laughs) we're so... Her name's Applejack. (laughs) It is, oh
0: gosh, you know that?
1: Uh, I have a daughter that is in love with My Little Pony. Well, there you go. Scott, you oh, don't yeah, have no, to
2: lie, dude. It's okay. You're a brony. It's
3: fine. You know, it's no big deal. I, Nobody's here in a
1: safe spot. I will admit that I might have all of the songs memorized to the My Little Pony movie. Just throwing that out there.
0: <laughs> hey, friendship oh, is
1: magic, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what we experience yes. every time we get together to play, guys. I was literally going to say
2: we're 30-year-old adults playing... Uh,
0: a game,
3: so I think it's okay. Yeah, yes, 40, yes, 30, thirty, yeah. 30 <laughs> <laughs> All
0: no, right. but honestly, serious question though, for your character, what would their cutie
1: mark be? I think Pines would be uh, a crossed sword and cane. Hmm. I'd have to think about it. <laughs> Rus- <laughs> I'll think about it and I'll say I'm not sure. Okay. Anybody else?
4: I don't know. I I imagine like like. Some artfully designed leaves or something. Something nature-y.
2: What is it?
4: The cutie mark.
2: I don't know what that is.
0: A little mark on their rump. It's the butt tattoo. Yeah, I was going to say, it's their tramp stamp.
2: Oh! <laughs> you guys, I don't have kids. I don't know. Like, I know it's a thing.
0: I think, I think Ebby's would be a nut from a tree and then a nut like a nut and bolt. Oh, my God, that's so cute. That's a great idea. Aww. Okay, Paul, you were starting the episode, right? <laughs> yeah, I did not expect My Little Ponies to take off so well. Okay. <laughs> it's a passionate group
4: here when it comes to My Little Pony.
0: Well, we're so glad you're coming along on this adventure. If you want extra content from us, including bonus episodes, character sheets, maps, and a wiki, go check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash 12-sidedguys. That's the number one, 2 sided guys. There are multiple options on there, but even if you just want to show us some support, maybe buy us a snack, you can do that too. Speaking of, shout out to our patron Joshua. Thanks to him, we are one step closer to actually getting a family-sized Papa Murphy's pizza instead of just talking about him all the time. And one more quick shout out. Thank you to The Duck from the radio show Hump Night with The Duck. He's a fan of the show and had all of us on to talk about the 12-sided guys. His show is on Wednesday nights, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern on Turfs Up Radio, or you can find his show in podcast format pretty much everywhere you find us. Just check out Hump Night with the Duck. And if you've ever caught a frog and named it Glenn, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 14. What if i named my frog frog
5: <laughs>
0: I, I played that game enough that when i first got characters i knew to name frog glenn i knew to name um marley nadia and i knew to name magus Giannis.
4: now you're just showboating right now <laughs> <laughs> yes i played a lot of chrono trigger i'm the coolest in the room it's a good one <laughs> Did you change Robo's name to Prometheus, though? No, tell me that. No, no, I didn't. Not Prometheus. I would change it to whatever his serial number was. Oh, my oh, goodness. Wow. Oh, that's deep, man. Oh, oh man.
0: Uh, okay, nerd level just uh, skyrocketed in here.
5: Getting uh, all deep. right.
4: It's getting deep, guys. Woo. Okay. So, Abby. Well, Porthos, my shaggy old friend, it's so good to see you again. I hadn't expected to run into a friend out here on this rainy road. Actually, we had been hoping to not run into anyone what with Chancellor... Um, <laughs> Applebottom. Yes, Applebottom. Oh, you know, that funny one with the sack over his head and the bodacious-looking booty. Where was I? Oh, yes, so we were hoping to just travel quickly to meet with our old friends down down by the... What's that? Of course you're my friend. Don't be like that. Well, be honest, when we ate that egg, you would have probably just left it behind anyway. I don't know if it tasted good. I can't taste anything anyway. You're distracting me, Porthos. Such a jabbermouth, my goodness. Anyways, we were traveling down this rainy roadway when we saw the smoke from your chimney. Well, not your chimney, of course. No, I know you don't know how to start a fire. Yes, you look very warm as is. I'm sure you don't need a fire. Well, we aren't all blessed with such lovely flowing locks now, are we? Hey, look, there are my friends. Is that lady a friend of yours? I think I've seen her before, but I can't quite recall where. I wonder where they are going. Looks like they're going down to something. I hadn't even noticed those stairs. Do you know what's down the... What's that? Oh, that's just Crumbles. Crumbles! No, that's its name. There's no such animal as a crumble. <laughs> Silly Porthos. Crumbles is an ailaton. I know they aren't very common, but they are pretty. No, I don't think Crumbles is into you. Not that you aren't beautiful. I just don't see it as a good fit. At least, well, I may be a robot, but I know that if you don't play it cool, then you'll never have a chance. Hey, where did my friends go?
1: That was
5: so great!
1: (laughs) I was rolling. There was so much good in there. Oh my god.
2: (laughs) That was the best ever. I was
1: dying. Oh, oh, man. oh my my was great. that was that great. That was a great start. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that was great. I just I just imagine Ramsey like staring at you like, what in the hell are you saying?
2: <laughs> I lost it at Bodacious. Like, I just yes. that was that got me.
0: Yeah, the Bodacious booty. I was laughing out loud. Oh, man. Awesome. OK, so yeah. Quick recap of what happened uh, there at the end that Ebby was not aware of. The rest of the party, Pine, Roos, and Nari, um, after talking with Mayor Joyce and kind of uh, breaking through her discomfort and uh, realizing that she has a connection here to something, something secret going on, she led you down into a, a secret basement under her, her country home. And in that secret basement, there is a, a missing wall. And behind that wall is a cave. And in that cave is one. Very uh, predatory looking Magister Colbury sitting in a chair in front of a fire in this cave. Magister Colbury is looking at Nari and Pine and Roos. His fingers steepled as he looks over them at each of you in turn. Mayor Joyce is standing a little off to the side looking quite uncomfortable. So this is where you got to. Yes, this is where I got to. What are you doing here? Oh, just traveling through.
3: Could say the same to you. Shouldn't you be in tavery cleaning up the mess? Your mess? I believe it's the Empire's mess.
0: I believe the Empire would not have even shown up had it not been for your writings, Mr. Pine. So you've heard of me. Oh, yes, I know who you are. And then he reaches down next to him, and there's like a, a carpet bag on the ground next to him, and he opens it up, and he sticks his hand in there, and he starts rummaging around. As soon as he does, I put my hand on my sword. Okay. And he uh, he's not paying attention to you, but he does without looking up from the bag. He says, by the way, just a warning. If you try to attack me, I can guarantee you it will be very difficult to get out of this basement." And then he reaches into this bag, like almost down to his armpit, which looks very weird because its it looks like he's reaching down through the floor, like past the bottom of the carpet bag. And he says, oh, there it is. And he pulls it out. And it's a big, thick book, like a ledger of some kind. And he opens it up and he starts turning pages. Sorry guys, I had to burp real bad. I had to burp. <laughs> no worries. I
2: thought we were just supposed to be impressed with his ability to read, and I was about to make that comment. So okay.
0: <laughs> I can flip through pages. Pine would like to uh, to see if that is potentially a spell book. Go ahead and make a perception check. All right. Pine rolled a seven. It looks um. It's leather bound book. It's thick. It looks like it's um. As he kind of starts thumbing through, you can see that some of the back pages are empty. So it's either a journal. I mean, it could be a spell book, but you don't really understand how magic works. So you're not sure. Anyway, he starts thumbing through this book and he says, ah, here we go. Lieutenant General Temrid Pine, retired, 34 Red Rose Street, husband of Petal, deceased, and father of Captain Sonya Pine, Temrid Pine Jr., and Leon Pine defeated during the sack of Redleaf, now an author of persuasive literature. And when he says that, he kind of looks up, well, he doesn't look up from the, he doesn't move his head, but he just kind of looks his eyes up, you know, through his eyebrows at you, as he says, persuasive literature. He says, yes, I know who you are. And he glances over at Rus, and He says, ah, you. Okay, he starts turning the pages. Yes, Rus Lorimer, hunter of the howling talon, born and raised in Tabury. Father deceased, sister Kira left Pabry years before you, leaving your widowed mother living in the muds alone. Uh, recently back in town seeking the heir of the former kingdom of Everlyn, believed to be in the area. A fool's errand, most likely.
1: Well, you missed out a couple of things on my biography, but it's pretty close.
0: What things did I miss?
1: Well, if you don't know him, I don't think I want to tell you. He's a tricky one. And you, the big one, you're new,
0: but I've gathered your name is Nari. You're from the Glass Mountains, uh, Copperbeard or Stormfist by the look of you. And you've got a friend, possibly lover, who goes by Ember and she works out of the Kagari. Anything wrong with that?
2: Ooh, nice, nice burn book there, bud. <laughs> is that from Mean Girls?
1: Wait, Ember's your lover?
2: I mean, casually on occasion, but we're not, we're not, we're close. You, I mean, well, if you want to hang out with her, you're, you're fine. Don't worry about that, bud.
1: No, no, that's, that's not, uh, no, I was just, uh, <laughs> just curious.
0: He pulls out a quill and he crosses out possibly and just circles lover.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we got a walking yellow pages over here.
0: <laughs> and then he looks around and he says, but but one is missing. Where's the where's the missing one? Where's the uh where's the p- peculiar one? I saw you at the gallows square
4: in Tabury. I saw what the four of you did. Cut scene to Ebby just standing outside in the rain again looking at the sky. <laughs> Porthos nuzzling up to you and trying <laughs> to put the moves on to crumbles. Cut
0: back. Cut back. <laughs>
1: Bruce would like to telepathically communicate with Gigi for just a quick sec. Not, not very long, just to say basically, let me know if anything happens up there, especially if Applebottom tries to escape. And this telepathically, not vocally.
0: Right, right. Okay. You get an affirmative response. Then um, Colbury continues on. He says, but what brings you here? And why? And he turns to the, to the mayor. Why are they down here with me and then um, the mayor says i'm i'm sorry but they guessed you were here i don't know how they figured it out they guessed you were here and this one and she points to you pine she says i recognized his name from what you told me and 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 it's his writings that ruined what we had going and then he turns back to her and he says i told you to put an end to that I don't know why you didn't put an end to that when I told you. You we had a good thing going, and now
5: it's over. Tell me, what was your good thing?
2: Yeah, let's let's talk more about that.
5: The mayor
0: kind of uh looks over to the side sheepishly. She says, Well, the magister here let me run the city, and that was that was good. It was how it was before the Empire came. And in exchange, he would have free run of the city, free run of the castle, and and we wouldn't, he wouldn't bother us for anything. He would keep the Empire out of our business as much as possible. Basically, he gave me autonomy to, to run the city, and I gave him his privacy to do the things that he needed to do.
2: What sort of things?
0: I think it was
3: writing about people in his book. Totally perving on the entire citizenry of Tabory.
5: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why
0: don't you make a persuasion check?
2: I got a nat one on my persuasion, so
4: oh golly, um, which makes it
2: a zero too. So it's not not great. <laughs> <That's right.
4: laughs> that is the lowest roll I have ever seen in any of D anD. d No
0: offense. <laughs> so what he says? What he says? And he says. I was I was looking for something. My search has been fruitless, and now it's hampered, and so I move on. I'm going to pull it a different thread.
1: Magister Colbury, that little book of yours doesn't happen to have any information on the air, does it?
0: The air? You mean the air of Everland that everyone's been talking about?
1: Yeah, that one.
0: I have a little bit about the air. Do you... What do you know about the air?
1: Well, I'll be frank. My my employer, you might know him, Tigish, he told me to go searching as, as best I could to identify if the rumors are true or not, and if they're true for me to find this air and bring him back.
0: What do you know of the rumors? Do you know anything of the rumors? He's almost <laughs> laughing at how, I guess, almost you get the impression he thinks that you're just silly.
1: You know, when I put my mind to something, I can usually make it happen, but everywhere I've looked so far, no one has been forthcoming.
0: Let me read you something. He uh, bends over, he reaches into his bag, he th- fumbles around for a little bit, then he pulls out another book. This one looks a little bit older,
5: and he says, the rumors of the Heir of everlyn they're relatively new, maybe six
0: months, a year old. But do you know where they came from?
1: I don't. And since no one can give me anything concrete, it leads me to believe that they're that, just rumors. So,
0: enlighten me. They're not even just rumors. There is nothing concrete at all. They are a divination. That is where it comes from. It's from a divination, from an oracle. And not just an oracle, but a mad oracle. And he starts fumbling through the pages. He says, I wrote it down somewhere. Let's see. What is this? This divination? Oh, yes. Here it is. Here is the the prophecy, the divination from the oracle. Uh, One to be born of a dragon. Oh, oh, no. Sorry. Wrong. Wrong wrong divination. Sorry. That was (laughs) a terrible
5: joke. (laughs) Wait. Does he rise up
0: in the sky to the still land? (laughs) <laughs> yes. Veiling the moon with the light of eternity. Yes. Um, and that's all from memory, my friends. Okay. Now he says, okay, here it is. You ready? This, this is what you have been searching for. Okay. A king I see in raiment Fine. Upon his flesh, the worms now dine. The line of Everlyn is strained. Within one child, its blood remains. Atop the trees, a shadow lies. The mountain Tabor blocks the skies. The heir in ignorance who plays Amongst fallen leaves and shortened days. That, is the rumor.
1: When was the rumor given? For this oracle. When did he, when did he say that?
0: Uh, I think between six and eight months ago. Not long at all, and yet so cryptic. That it seems, almost ridiculous to put any weight behind it.
2: I mean, clearly you put some weight behind it. You you wrote it down and you kept it.
0: He, uh, he reaches into his bag. He pulls out another book and puts it down. He pulls another book and puts it down. He says, I keep track of everything.
2: That's a hobby. All right.
0: He says, I, I love paper. I love the power of paper. And he reaches into a book and he pulls it out. He says, I have secrets here. And he puts another one down and he pulls another one out. And he says, I have magic here. And he puts another one down and he pulls another one out. and He says, I have names and places. I love the power that comes from paper. So of course I wrote it down. Because who knows when I need it again.
2: Right now, apparently.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. That's your search for the air.
1: Hmm. I'd hate for this to be a dead end here. I'll continue to pull threads where I find them. But I do appreciate you being forthright with me
0: you're welcome but
3: i don't think you've ever you've ever said if you feel there is really an heir you have you've used your words very carefully to imply there wasn't and that there's
0: no merit to the rumors but what do you feel i'd like to know you know i i have no doubt that there is a living heir i feel that the the prophecy, the divination, was fairly clear that there is an heir. But, I mean, abiding in the shadow of Mount Tabor, playing with fallen leaves or whatever it says, the The rest of the divination is just far too oblique for me to put any weight behind.
2: Well, if you're not after the heir, what are you after? What are you doing holed up in this basement?
0: Well, I'm after... My own things. But I'm held up in this basement because I am gathering my things to, like I said, pull a different thread. I'm moving on. So you're leaving the Empire behind? I I don't think it's possible to leave the Empire behind. No, what I mean is you're deserting. I will no longer be Magister Colbury, if that's what you're asking. I mean, to be fair, I never really was Magister Colbury. Uh I'd like to, th- that could go a couple of ways. Can I do an insight check on that?
1: I was just about to say the same thing.
0: Why don't you both make an insight check, but then you can't talk about
1: it. Ooh, I got a nat 20. <laughs> I got a nat one.
2: <laughs> Damn, these dice tonight. <laughs>
1: it's going to be oh, one yeah. of those nights, man. <laughs> oh, but gosh. mine was an eight, so. Well, okay. So,
0: um, Roos, you're having a hard time getting a read on this guy. Cause he's, he's, um, he's throwing a lot of stuff out at you and, uh, you know, you're not really good with talking to people or fooling people or people, right? Yes. <laughs> um, Pine, you're fairly certain what he means is that, um, he took the place of Magister Colbury somehow, some way, um, that. That there was a Magister Colbury and this is not Magister Colbury. That he okay. has been acting as Magister Colbury.
3: So what happened to the real Magister Colbury?
0: The the real Colbury is he's long gone. Probably all that's left of him now is bones. Everybody can make a perception check. Is he over there? I'll I'll nod over to the graves. <laughs> oh never mind. Yeah, you know <laughs> You know what? <laughs> Actually you do. You see his eyes just kind of tick over to uh towards those graves behind you. Those little mounds. Mm. Um, I'll say, I'll turn to the, to the mayor and say, did you have a part in the death of the real Colby?" She puts her hands up. She says, no, by the time I learned anything, it was already done. I was just trying to make the best of a bad situation. She says, "I, I feel that I feel like I shouldn't be here. This you're talking about things. I don't, I don't want to know about You're a part of this. You, you made a deal with this man.
3: And now, now I understand you did it to retain power and he did it to keep the empire out of his business, but that's not for the people of Tabri. Colby. you talked about the power of paper. I too am one who understands the power that comes with paper. And instead of using it to further my own ends, I have used it to try to liberate a people enslaved.
0: While I understand, this is now Colby speaking again. While I understand, that you were doing what you thought was right and best,
5: that's fine. That's great. Good for you. What I am doing is,
0: well, has the potential to be so much greater. And then Mayor Joyce, actually, she's, she, when you, you ruff, she ruffled at what you had to say. She says, and I had the best interest of the citizens of Tabury in mind, when I made this deal.
1: Tell that to the people when you pave the muds. The muds? Mm. Mmm. (laughs) Mmm.
5: Universal health care.
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) If you had the best
3: interest of the people of Tabury in mind, you'd be there right now helping them clean up. But you're hiding
0: out here. For eight years, I kept the people of Tabori safe. I left with my husband to enjoy some time away and everything fell apart. And I realize now that it is beyond my control. I don't have power in Tabori anymore.
5: That power is gone.
0: It was only an illusion of power as long as the Empire was in control. But people felt safe. I kept the Empire out. Kept the Empire out.
2: I would so like to be properly introduced to whomever this person is if you're not Mr. Colbury.
5: You can call me Colbury. Let's not muddy the waters now. How about
0: Fulbury? As in you are like Faux FAUX. <laughs> <laughs> Bad joke. Sorry. I'm a, I'm a father. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. That's great. So this episode started with about five minutes of uh, My Little Ponies, and now we're telling dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Good start. It's only going to get
4: better from here on out, guys. All right. <laughs> he says, just call me Colbury.
1: All right, Colbury. As a token of goodwill, I appreciate you sharing that, that divination with me what are you after i'm willing to offer any help if it's something that i'm able to do or information or leads that i might be able to give you
0: you already asked him and he had a really bad persuasion check or was it nari who did that yeah Um, and he just says i what i'm looking for or what i was looking for was something very important and maybe i'll be able to get back to it another time but right now Right now I need to find I need to I need to go a different
1: direction. Was it a multicolored disc?
0: He stops. You can see that he like starts calculating in his head. he looks up at you and he says, What do you know about a multicolored disk?
5: Only rumors.
1: <gasps> now if you're willing to tell me a little bit more about what you're after, I'd be willing to tell you a little bit more about what I know.
0: Let's just say that I'm very interested in a multicolored disc.
1: Would this disc happen to be a key of some sort?
0: Do you have it? Pine will, um, Pine will try to whisper to uh, to Roos and say, Be careful.
3: This one seems slippery and more dangerous than even Applebottom.
0: He, uh, Magister Corby says, no need to whisper. We're all friends here. You get the impression he did not hear what you said, but he, know that he knew that you whispered something.
1: Okay. I'll, I'll reiterate. If you're willing to tell me a little bit more about what you're after, I can give you some of the information that I've gleaned in my travels.
0: Make a persuasion check
5: with advantage. I got a 21 on persuasion. All right. says, fine. I'll tell you what I've managed to glean. Where to begin? Okay. I'll go way back. Anciently,
0: in the world of Pavantis, there was a a religion an ancient dogma a a cult if you will and this cult it worshiped it worshiped the idea that certain things were inevitable that basically we have no real power over anything we just think we do and that certain things will happen and this belief this belief grew and it became
5: it became powerful, and it became dangerous. And, at some point, something, quote, inevitable was about to happen. Now, there were other
0: people who believed that there was no inevitability, that it was all our own destiny and then of course there were the third who believed that well maybe there was inevitability maybe there was this idea that we can't
5: do we can't change certain things but we could delay them and somehow
0: the inevitable was delayed now what the inevitable is i don't understand i don't know that yet but but i do know i do know that the idea of inevitability is on the rise again and there are ancient technologies designed to, huh, I don't even know, stop inevitability, change inevitability. Maybe they have nothing to do with inevitability at all. But
5: I, I think that whatever was stopped needs to stay stopped. Does that make sense?
1: I think I understand what you're saying.
0: I think that that crystal disc is a key to something very important.
1: A key best left forgotten?
0: I don't know that it can be forgotten.
5: Hmm.
1: Well, I appreciate I appreciate you telling me that. Now I will tell you where I learned of this key. Up in the mountains here in Tabury. There's an old shrine underneath, and underneath this shrine to Moshe is an ancient complex. And that's where I learned about this key.
5: And where is the key? It's in good hands. So you know where it is. Be careful.
1: (laughs) As I said, you left a few things out of my biography.
0: Well, now what do we do? He's, he pulls out his book and he writes, "Roose is a dodgy little jerk. <laughs> he writes, I was supposed to be the cagey one.
2: I'm telling you, it's a burn book.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, man. I'll say, Roose will say, now we only stopped here because we wanted to get out of the rain for the night. I'd be happy to continue our conversation. Get a nice... Nice warm bed for the evening and hit the road again tomorrow.
5: No, no, we need to, we need to solve
0: this problem of the crystal disc now. What do you mean to do with it?
1: It is not mine to do anything with it. I actually have no interest in, in the crystal disc, but. A new friend of mine does, and I respect his wishes with it.
0: He looks around the room and he looks at you, Pine. He says, Is it you? Pine just uh shrugs, us, mm, could be. <laughs> Why don't you make a deception, check? <laughs> uh, that was a seven as well. So he I mean, I think he gets the impression that um it's not you you're trying to help. Uh, obviously, you're trying to help hide who the person is. He looks over at Nari, and he shakes his head, and he says, Is it, is it the fourth one? The missing one?
5: What do you want with this? I want to keep it safe.
0: I want whatever was done eons ago to stay the way it is. Because I think from what I've gathered... That is what's best for Pavantis.
1: You throw out this term inevitability as if what happens will be bad. What if what's inevitable is a good change for the world? What if you're putting off something that could help thousands upon thousands of people to live a better life?
2: The status quo probably seems really nice when you're on top.
0: I have to believe that what I have read and gleaned from countless tomes and scraps of paper and manuscripts, you can tell he's getting a little bit heated. I have to believe that those those people who fought and bled and died to stop whatever was going to happen, did it for a good and valiant reason.
1: So did the empire. The empire crushes nations for good and valiant reasons. How is, how is that any different?
5: I am not empire. I don't like their methods. I don't like fallen
0: heavens methods either. I don't like using people as collateral damage. And yes, the empire, the empire might come in and, and bomb a city to pieces and put people to the sword until. Till they surrender, but Fallen Heaven, Fallen Heaven might blow up a building. And people work in that building. People, normal people, collateral damage. I don't think that way. And I think that the people eons ago who stopped the inevitable, I believe that they felt the same way. Could I be wrong? Yes.
2: Well, if you're not working with Fallen Heaven and you're not really working with the empire who are you with are are you telling us you're coordinating this all by yourself
0: i have acquaintances that i've worked with in the past yes but obviously they would like to remain anonymous as well this this cult of inevitability is growing and it is not safe to oppose them especially if you are aware that they exist
1: hypothetically if I had someone that belonged to that cult in my care. What would you do with
0: them? I guess it would depend on who it was. Obviously, information is very important. I would hope to gather as much as I could from them.
1: So this this cult of inevitability, it how organized is it? I don't know.
2: Hmm. So you're deciding the fate of the world... And you don't even have a good structure of decision-making set up. He's,
0: he is getting a little bit more angry. And you see the mayor, actually, she kind of starts backing away towards the exit. And until finally she just, she just throws up her hands and she says, "Um, this is, this is beyond me. Colby. this is you. This is you. And then she, she heads out. Actually, Pine wants to get in her way and say, no, no, you are allied
3: with this man. You're one of the reasons that he has any information from
0: Tabri. You made the deal with him. I stand in her way. You, do you touch her? Um,
2: Nari will kind of, like, unsheathe her axe and just hold it loosely.
0: She, um, she... At first, she's going to slide past Pine, and then she sees your axe, Nari, and her face goes white. And then she turns back to Colby, and she says... Have you killed us all? And Colby says, "Quiet."
1: Russell put up his hands and say, "I don't intend to have a fight here. If you'll excuse us, I think it's about time we hit the road again." No, and I'll start walking backwards.
0: He says, "No, you will stay put. You," and he's pointing at Nari because you are the one who cl- who told him that he is holding the fate of the world in his hands, and he doesn't even know anything about the cult. He says, "You." Hold the fate of the world in your hands, and you don't even know what it is you carry. It looks like a great axe to me.
2: <laughs> you know, it looks more like a little Caesar's than a Papa Murphy's. <laughs> I don't see what the hype's about.
1: It blocks the rain pretty good. Cut back to Ebby holding it up <laughs> over his head while standing in the field. <laughs> You've attached it to, you, to your innervated
0: rod as an umbrella, and you're all, oh, look, Porthos, hey, you know, climb underneath. Look at the colors. I like that he somehow attached it to the top of his head and it's like spinning around.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my
0: gosh. Oh my gosh.
3: Colby, the way to save the world is in the open, not from the shadows. The Empire holds far too much power. And has taken away sovereign power from many nations at this point. And for you to say that you are doing something far more significant than the Empire. Using them to try to save the world from something no one even understands. You don't even fully understand. You should seek allies. You should seek to bring this to light. Not do it from the shadows. Let us know what you're searching for. If your cause is noble, you may very well gain
0: allies here. Make a persuasion check. Okay. And it's a nat one for a seven. <laughs> oh no. Oh. That's, the, that's the third seven I've rolled today, guys.
2: What oh is my going gosh. on? I
0: did roll a nat 20, though. You guys were having amazing rolls last session, so it's only fair that um, Lady Jaffa takes over uh, this session. So anyone who's listening, Lady Jaffa is the (laughs) lady of luck, and she's basically Murphy's Law, where if anything bad can happen, it will happen. All right. So you rolled a seven for persuasion. Um, He actually doesn't necessarily look mad. He looks a little bit... um, What's what I'm looking for? Touched, kind of? But he shakes his head and he says, I fear that... It's just too dangerous and too powerful, and I would not know who to trust. And so I trust myself. And then he looks over at you, Roos, and he says, I'm sure you can understand that, that concept.
1: I do. But I know this I know this other person better than I know you, and I trust him with it more. Besides, as long as I get paid at the end of the day, I don't really care, and this isn't my job have any skin in the game on this this disc
5: what will you do with it
1: nothing I have no plans with it
0: what will you do with it and he points at Pine oh I don't have it and he points at Nari what will you do with it
2: I've never seen it before in my life
0: <laughs> you can make a deception check <laughs> You were literally just describing it as more like Little Caesar's than Papa Murphy's. And now you're like, I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard of
2: it. <laughs> I got 15 on my deception.
0: 15. Um, let me make a roll for him. I should make him make it with disadvantage, but it's all, it's all good. He rolled an 18 naturally anyway, so he's got a better stat than that.
5: All right, let's see what he decides to do. Okay, he says. Very well. I know who I'm looking for now. Don't try to find me here. I won't be back. So we can go? He kind of shooes you away with one hand.
1: Go. The next time we meet, I'd like my biography better filled out.
0: Me
2: too, actually. <laughs>
1: He says,
0: well, it probably will be. You two just became much more important to me
5: than you were before. One last question. Did you kill the Adjudicator?
0: He fought valiantly, and sadly, yes, he fell in battle and did not rise. Hmm. Well, looks like I won't be the only one looking for you again.
1: Hopefully the next time we meet, it won't be quite so tense and we can see reason and perhaps help each other more. But I do appreciate you being honest and open with us.
0: He says, yes, hopefully next time you will see reason.
1: You haven't shown me reason.
0: What, that that you're
3: the only one powerful or capable enough to do good in this world? That's my problem with you. Is that you think you are the only one capable. And, and you, and I look at the mayor and I say, you as well, you
5: traded. You traded your, your sovereignty for security. You traded your freedom for a, a,
3: a slight chance at, at being ignored when you could have stood up. We seek to do good. We seek to make the world right. But we also, we know that we're, we can't do it alone. Colby, my my issue with you, you only trust yourself. You think
0: you're the only one capable. That is an elitist point of view. He says, I don't think I'm the only one capable, but I know I am capable. I don't know if you are.
1: He's a player character. Of course he is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You've played with enough people. You know that's not true. (laughs) <laughs> uh, all right let's uh as this is winding down down here all this tension whew, i'm getting a little on um let's uh that means armpit sweat for anybody who doesn't know what that means um all you canadians out there apparently i say that a lot. i try to explain things to canadians um <laughs> all right um we call it a yard and you call it a meter um let's let's jump back up to um to ebby I mean, what have you been doing um, up there with um, Applebottom, Crumbles, and Porthos? <laughs> Sounds like you're in like some weird like <laughs> clown
4: troop or something. Uh, <laughs> I mean, besides spinning the uh, crystal disc on my head, is that? Yeah, yeah. Just like, what have you been up
0: to? You know, so you've also got Gigi there with you. Gigi came flittering around uh, probably at this point, probably like a half an hour ago. This conversation's been going on for a while. Um, and Gigi's just been, been kind of chilling with you on your shoulder. Um, so over the last half an hour, kind of what what's been going on?
4: Um, well, I mean, I think I'm probably I, I legit. Ebby is probably legit having conversations with Porthos or trying to and maybe Crumbles and yeah. probably Gigi if possible. And all the while kind of keeping an eye on Apple Bottom, making sure that he's not trying to, like, edge away or move away or do anything really. Um,
0: right. Yeah, well, Applebottom is tied to the back of uh, Crumbles still. Um, you find, actually, as you're talking, no offense to Gigi, but probably Crumbles is the most interesting to talk to because eh, you just sense that Crumbles is a little bit more intelligent. Um, Porthos keeps going on and on about, um, like, oh, here comes another one, and then, sure enough, he lays an egg like that's That's kind of, he's like, oh, ba-do-ba-do. he kind of sounds a little bit like Eeyore when he talks to you. <laughs> you <know>? uh, <laughs> um, as you're sitting there talking with Crumbles and uh, Porthos, after about five or six minutes after they everyone went downstairs, you hear, from um, the back of Crumbles, you hear kind of a like a spitting sound, and he's like, oh, that's better. Say, which one of you is out there? That's That's Applebottom talking? That's Applebottom talking. Hmm. It sounds like he managed
4: to get the gag out of his mouth. I'm, I, Ebby is not going to say anything, but he is definitely going to give him his full attention, to see if he's trying to like cast a spell or do anything like that. You hear him after a while say, I know somebody's here. I can hear you. I can hear you talking,
0: chittering away, grunting. I know somebody's here. They they wouldn't leave me unguarded. You hear him say,
4: nobody's that stupid. No, of course we're not that stupid. We have (laughs) feelings. We all have feelings. Did you really say that? (laughs) (laughs) I can feel the rain.
0: (laughs) I can feel the fluff. I can feel all this.
5: I'm a real boy.
0: (laughs) So do do you acknowledge him now? Or you still stay quiet? Uh, Sure, I'll acknowledge him. He says ah it's you, the the deacon, the deacon. Uh water, please, if you wouldn't mind. I'm I know there's water all around me, but I'm I can't get any in my mouth. If you wouldn't
4: mind, just giving me a drink. Um no. You can wait a few minutes, and when the others come back we will handle providing you with drink.
0: What what's your plan for me? I know you say you're giving me to fall in heaven, but they're just gonna kill me. Why
4: not just do it now and and be done with it? You know, we may be wrong about this, but we have this weird feeling that you might actually be important in some way. And so if there's a way that we can leverage you in whatever way we can, I think we might try to do that. Leverage?
0: Well, if it's leverage you want, I I have plenty of sway. With whom? with with the Almerian Empire. I speak directly to the emperor himself. Emperor Gantanius I.
4: May he live forever. That does not sound natural. Coming from a deacon, do you have any idea how old you are? Honestly, I don't. But I imagine I'm fairly old after going down into that facility. You are as close to living forever as any natural thing there is on this planet. You say that as though it is an honorable or good thing that I be considered old. And yet I look around and what do you see except that all things must live in a cycle of entropy? All things grow and decay and eventually die, but then are reborn into other things. And so to be permanent amidst all of the change does not seem normal or good or part of a constant system. You, you understand me more than you realize. Do I?
0: You do. See, not to be rude or cruel, I look at you. Ebby, you said your name was? I look at you and I see... I see... I see a crime.
4: A crime?
0: A crime against nature. I mean, you can't help it. Well, I take that back. Maybe at... Well, maybe at one point you could... Uh, that's... That's neither here nor there.
4: What... What do you mean that I could that I could change something. Do I have the ability to not be trapped inside this metallic form? Well, I don't think you do now. But
5: you did. You did have that choice. How long ago? Long and longer. You
0: understand that things should not be stuck in a certain way, right? There are natural orders of things. And to stop the natural order is
5: an abomination. You see that, right?
4: As strange as this may sound, yes, I do agree with you on that front. And when you speak of inevitability, uh, whatever that is to mean, I. I see inevitability all around me in the natural world. Yes,
0: but what if what if there is an inevitable that you don't see, that you don't realize has has been stopped? What if we are it looks as if things are moving on naturally but really we have been in a an unnatural stasis for far too long. What if there's nothing natural about this right now? How would that make you feel?
4: You who lives in a metal cocoon. <laughs> well, I, I feel that I would need to understand more.
5: Free me and come with me and I will teach you more. As tempting
4: as that may be, There is a part of me that would feel that that is not wisdom. You see, when I look at the system of things, when I look at the delicate balance here in the mountains, uh, the red panthers and their prey, for example, um, the different deer and elk and other creatures, they all exist in a type of harmony, a type of balance, not one superseding the other in terms of importance or in terms of power. And yet, when I see the civilizations of Of the intelligent races, um, I see that there is one that exerts power and influence over all the others, this empire. In a natural system, one that has harmony and balance, that would not exist. It would lead to self termination. And so it seems to me that the wise and prudent thing to do would be to seek to remedy that and to bring balance back into these societies by ensuring that the empire is brought back low. He uh he kind of sighs a little bit and he
0: says, maybe maybe you don't understand as much as I thought. I don't speak of just people. I speak of I speak of Pavantis. I speak of this plane, this this world. This world is not in balance. This world is in stasis. Do you understand the difference? You who lives in stasis right now. We'll say real quick, as this conversation is going on, that, Roos, you get a little ting from Gigi saying, okay, something's going on. And this is right about the time that you're finishing up down there with Colbury. Okay. All right, sorry, Ebby. go ahead.
4: Allow me to be honest with you for a moment here. Please. If what you say is true, Indeed, that is something that is interest interesting and intriguing to me, and I would want to know more. I don't think that you're wrong in assuming that an understanding of balance and harmony of the cycles of death and life and rebirth are fundamental to to reality and to creation. I think I agree with you in that way, but from what I have seen. The methods and the tactics with which you have employed, in fact, using my own kind as a type of living weapon. You would have to convince me with greater details.
0: He says, "Yes, I, I am sorry, for the way that I used your kind." He rolled a natural four for his deception. You realize he is not sorry. Um. Doesn't mean that he's necessarily lying to you about everything, but he is not sorry about the way he used your your the the, the deacons.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Bruce is gonna take over Gigi's eyes and ears for a sec just to get a handle for the situation for about six or seven seconds. Okay. Okay, so let's just say you actually
0: heard that last little little exchange.
1: Okay. Okay. So you know that um
0: uh AppleBottom is in the middle of a conversation with Evy. Okay. Yeah. Um, He says, "I am. I am sorry for the way that I treated your kind. But sometimes, sometimes, I hate to say this. It sounds so cruel. But you have to crack a few eggs to make an omelet. Sometimes, sometimes, you have to get your hands dirty to get what's best for the most." Do you follow what I'm saying? When he says crack a few eggs, I imagine that Porthos looks up and goes, huh?
1: (laughs) That's that's exactly Ah. what I was thinking too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Kind of a (laughs) scooby-doo. Okay. Um, Yeah. He says, you who bears the key and hold so much power and you don't even realize it. Let me free and I will teach you. I will teach you
4: about inevitability. How about this? Teach me. Convince me that the path you want me to tread is the correct one. And if I agree with those things, then I may set you free. I don't think your friends mean to let
0: me
5: go. This is this is your chance. When they're back, my fate is sealed.
4: Frankly, I don't intend to let you go unless the case that you can make is compelling enough for me to go against my better judgment. You you speak of this key and of the power that it holds. You talk of inevitability. You talk of the systems of things. You say that our world is stuck in some form of stasis. And that may be the case. And yet the world that I see here still exists in a sort of stable system with the exception of the political strife that I see. This crystal disc, what powers it may hold seems to be attributed to a people long since gone which may have no bearing on the world as we see it today the only manipulation and usurpation of the natural order that i have witnessed in my short time of being awake has been at the hands of the empire you hear him say
0: under his breath actually make a make
4: a perception check Perception. Ebby rolled a 22.
0: Oh my gosh. You hear him say, whisper under his breath. um, He says, you are one to talk. And then he turns back and he says, I gave you a chance, Ebby. I gave you a chance. Let me recite something to you. Uh, A prophecy, a divination. You who was out there seeking the heir of the Everlin throne, you don't even know the whole of the prophecy. So I will tell you what it is. Now, Rus, you are hearing this as well. He says, this is what it was. A king I see in raiment fine. Upon his flesh, the worms now dine. The line of Everlin is strained. Within one child, its blood remains. Atop the trees, a shadow lies. The mountain Tabor blocks the skies the air in ignorance who plays amongst fallen leaves and shortened days. When mountains ink begins to break and Moshe's oar a breath does take, when petal falls but tree grows strong, what once was stopped again moves on. The ancient knowledge is unearthed, a plot of ages long since birthed. What was to be may yet hold sway if the angel has his say. It's happening. You can be on my side or it will happen without you. Shit! <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Were you, please, Scott? Scott, please tell me that that uh, Roose was kind of relaying that to us, as I as I assume we're leaving the cave with Uh
1: Roos uh, can not see through his own eyes or hear through his own ears while he's doing this, but he can still whisper. But yes, I I can talk. Yeah. So once we get to what's happening over there, where my body is, then we'll we'll see what happens. Jeez. Shoot.
2: That's amazing, Paul.
1: Yeah, wow.
2: That was really good.
1: Well, we're not done.
0: <laughs> I mean, there's still... So, Emmy. you have a response to make or you can stop talking. It's up to you. Because right now, your partners are coming out of the basement. And Colby is not following. But you can feel his eyes on your back as you walk
4: out. Um, I, My quick thing is I want to lean in closer to Applebottom and i want to to ask him what is the plot that the angel has in store free me and i will tell you i will
0: show you you can help me but just you
4: the others they wouldn't understand but isn't the angel the deity of the empire do you
5: actively go against him? TikTok. tock. Make your choice.
0: That may have been an anachronism. I don't know if they have clocks in this world or not, but still, that's what he said. <laughs> I was thinking, TikTok. tock, make a lip syncing video.
5: Yeah, I was, I was like, wait,
2: what?
0: <laughs> and I was thinking, tick tock, Mr. What's the name of the movie Um, with
4: Keanu Reeves? Mr. Wick. Yeah, tick tock, Mr. Wick.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: such a good move
4: Ebby, um, Ebby is just going to stand back he's not going to let uh, Chancellor Ramsey go at this point but okay. I mean that certainly raised a lot of questions okay alright the
0: rest of you uh, come out of the cave into the basement and up the ladder followed by a sort of a um, pale skinned, um, mayor Joyce, she looks shaken, very uncomfortable. Um, and, uh, as soon as you guys climb the ladder and are out back in the pouring rain, she turns to the three of you and she says, I would appreciate it if you would leave the premises, uh, as soon as possible. In fact, let me help you on your way. If you want, you can take my boat but please, leave, and take whatever pernicious, terrible, calamitous things that follow you, and be gone.
1: We'll be on our way, Joyce. But pave the damn roads. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I love it. Ugh.
0: Mic drop. Boom. <laughs> she just she turns around and she <laughs> walks into the, uh, into the kitchen.
1: Now, just so you guys are aware, uh, and this I'll say this as we're walking up to Ebby, uh, I'll say Ebby and Ramsey, pardon Ebby and Applebottom have had a bit of a conversation, and Ebby was also given the the divination uh but apparently apparently Magister Colbury did left out the final verse.
3: What is it? The final verse?
1: do you remember i I don't have it memorized, but we can have. Applebottom, write it down for us.
4: Yeah. Um, Paul, quick question yes, for you. Yes, yes. Would it be possible for you to send that to us? Oh, just of, so course. That? of course. Of course. Do you want me to read it one more time for you guys real quick?
1: Yeah. Yes, yes please. please.
0: You, you got the first half, right? Kind of?
1: Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay.
0: So the second half is, When mountains ink begins to break, And Moshe's or a breath does take. When petal falls, but tree grows strong, what once was stopped again moves on. The ancient knowledge is unearthed, a plot of ages long since earth. What was to be may yet hold sway if the angel has his say. And don't forget the first half of the prophecy as well. Yeah. yeah. Because, well, anyway, you guys can talk
5: amongst yourselves.
0: Well, as we come out, uh, Pine is
5: very angry.
1: Damn it. So as as you say damn it, Russel pipe in and say, "It's all right, Mr. Pine. Let's get on the road a little bit and and discuss or on the the river actually. Sounds like we can take our boat. We'll discuss it when we've put this place behind us."
2: Aha, a boat. I've been waiting for a boat.
1: Yar, matey. <laughs> Ebby's going
4: to walk up to Pine and say, Pine, there's something I need to discuss with you. Perhaps when we've moved a little bit away from this house. Yes, I want to be far away from
3: here. Keep your eyes peeled. I feel like we've stumbled into something, something very dangerous, something very treacherous, and no one will give us the details.
0: Okay, so I want everyone to make a perception check um, as you are... Gathering together out here next to Porthos and uh, Crumbles and Ebby, Hey, Pine rolled a
4: 7 again. Roos <laughs> got an 8. Ebby <laughs> got a natural 20 for a 24. Oh, fantastic.
2: Nari rolled a 14.
4: Okay.
0: Um, as you guys are um, kind of conversing, you see, I don't know if you guys remember, but Lars, the husband of the mayor... He um, he comes walking out of the um, out of the house along with Gerard. Um, It looks like Lars has uh, you you guys see them all come out. Um, Nara, you see Lars has like a a concerned look on his face. Gerard looks kind of confused. But you also notice the constable um, standing there on the porch. uh, He is now a lot more at attention than he was before. Um, And he's just kind of looking at you guys. And he's not making any overt moves towards you. But you notice that his spear is in his hand. Um, He's got his shield in his hand. He is standing more erect um, and looks like ready for for something. I think the vibe here at the house has definitely changed. Lars comes out of the back of the house. And he immediately goes over to the small building um, that is kind of by the dock where the ship is. And Gerard um, watches him go, kind of shrugs his shoulders, and then he comes and steps down over to you guys, and he says, well, that was weird. Oh, what's going on, my friends?
2: I fear we've outstayed our welcome.
0: <laughs> but but you just got here. Yes. Well, um, but before you go, I mean, is there anything that maybe I could do for you? I've, I mean, I've got some goods that you might be interested in. Would you care to see my wares? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Shopping trip. Yes, exactly. Well, he goes over to Porthos and he's just pulling down some of the some of the packs and stuff, and he says, I remembered last time what you were really interested in was um, you know, obviously things to keep you alive. I have a few more of those if you're interested. He starts pulling out different bottles. He pulls out um oh five, six, seven, eight. He pulls out eight different bottles um four of them are red in color one of them um is like it's not really a bottle it's more like a jar and it has a big number nine on it um one of them is clear but it has red bubbles floating in it another one is a one
1: love potion number
0: nine You got the joke. You totally got the joke. Bravo. Bravo, Scott. Um, Anyway, and then another one is red like those first four, but it's brighter red, which you guys would remember that the the red potions are potions of healing. And then that brighter red one is going to be a potion of greater healing. And then there's also a white and milky kind of potion. Gerard, what do you have here? What uh, What are these potions? I've got four of these these healing potions i've i've got uh one of these ones that it, it, it's better it, it just it's more potent um and i've got um this one here uh it's a, a potion of heroism um we have uh this clear one with bubbles it's a uh, it's that's sprite, that one's sprite.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's sierra
0: mist it's sierra mist <laughs> oh. um it's uh this is an elixir elixir of health it's it will it'll uh, cure you of disease and and any poisons, you know, uh, not so much around here, but I mean, you know, whether there are poisonous insects or or snakes, that kind of thing, or, or, or even sometimes, you know, magical, um, you know, poisons. This will, this will take care of it. And this one here, my friend, this one, uh, this one will uh, uh, make someone fall in love with you or make whoever drinks it will fall in love with the next person that they see. That sounds awfully dangerous. <laughs> How much is it? He says, For you, my friend, n- only ninety gold pieces.
3: Uh, I almost want to uh, buy it just to keep it off the market.
1: That sounds awful. <laughs> I thought you were going to use it for Ember. Oh no, no!
2: You're being a hero.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll take yeah. this so that other people don't have it. I'll I'll
0: be the martyr. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we talked about consent.
0: <laughs> that's yeah. That's why yeah. It's a it's a that's a troubling potion. Um. It's in the dungeon master's guide. I know. <laughs>
1: so how much for your health potions that you've got there?
0: So the big one, the, the more potent one, it's 150 gold pieces. And then these other ones, these four uh lesser ones, they're they're 50 gold pieces apiece.
1: I'll take one of your lesser ones.
0: Okay. And the potion of heroism, how much is that? The potion of heroism is 180 gold pieces. And for, I have to recoup my losses. I, obviously, it takes expensive ingredients to make these potions. So I mean, otherwise, I would, I would gladly give you more. But I mean, I've got to feed Porthos as Porthos is sitting there chomping on grass. <laughs>
3: yes, he looks like he's
0: withering away.
1: <laughs> Magister Colbury down in the basement said he would pay for half of our, our prices today. <laughs> he goes,
0: M- Magister Colbury in the basement? What are you talking about?
1: Magister Colbury's hiding in the basement. He's gonna cover these expenses. He turns around.
0: He's like, <laughs> why don't you make a okay, you're gonna have to make a persuasion check or a uh, yeah, persuasion check
1: with disadvantage.
0: or oh, not deception? I mean, sorry, sorry, deception, thank you.
1: Roos got a six on his deception check.
0: He's not sure if you're joking and after, you know, like a couple of seconds of looking at you, he kind of goes, ha. Oh, you're a funny one. Yeah. Magister Colbury will cover it. I I'm sure he will. Um, no. So yes. Yeah, so potion of heroism, 180 gold pieces. I have some other things here too. And he reaches into the pack and he pulls out a, like a, um, like a clay, um, bottle and he, it's got like a, um, a cork in the top and he pulls that out and he says, careful with this one. um, this one um here let me just show you real quick, and he kind of pulls the cork out just for a second and then pops it back in and just for that split second, all of this smoke comes billowing out of the bottle he says you gotta be careful with this one, but uh it'll help it'll help obscure you uh and hide you uh from from prying eyes or or um but it's it 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 stinks i I, I must warn you um but it will it will smoke indefinitely and then he pulls out like a um like almost like i imagine it like a uh like a Um, when you were a Boy Scout and you would go camping and you had like that old school 1970s hiking backpack with like the metal frame and everything. It's like that, only instead of it being like green nylon, it's like leather. Um, he He pulls it out and he says, this pack, you can hold an amazing amount of stuff in this pack. So basically we have an ever smoking bottle and we have Heward's Handy Haversack. How much for the sack and how much for the bottle? It says the bottle is one thousand gold,
5: Ooh. and the
0: and the backpack is two
4: thousand. Oh, well, I have ninety three gold. <laughs> is this magical crystal disc worth two thousand? Perhaps we move to an exchange. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, no, Ebby, that's that's our, our umbrella. It blocks the oh. rain.
0: Oh, I guess so. When you say that, you hear from the back of uh, from the back of Crumble. You hear a voice say, "No." <laughs> Wait, <laughs> hey, he's not
3: gagged!
0: He's not gagged. We gotta put a gag back on him. So I'm gonna go put the gag back on uh, um back on Applebottom. Okay, as you're going to a gag Applebottom, you hear him start to shout out, and he's like, Help me! It's me, Ramsey, Chancellor of the Empire! You
5: must help me. It is your duty as citizens of the
0: And I'm going to make a check now for, <laughs> for um Gerard. Did that roll? Um, Gerard kind of takes a step back, and he's like, um, "It seems you have pressing things to do and places to go." So, um,
2: ha ha! Anne Colby was in the basement. You know, we're just full <laughs> of jokes around here.
0: <laughs> Some people will do anything to escape imprisonment for their crimes. Uh, make a. Why did you? Okay, so whichever one of you wants to make a persuasion check with advantage. Not me. I make a deception check with advantage. 23. That's a nat 20. Nice. He's like, oh, y- y- yeah, I-, I guess you're right. I guess I guess people will say whatever they can to to get out of things, you know. Um trying to uh convince somebody to that somebody else will will pay for their wares, that kind of thing." And he looks at you, Bruce. "Yeah, can you believe that? <laughs> Some people.
2: The things people do."
0: Says, I also have some weapons. If there's any weapons or anything that you're interested in, but it seems like you again you are you're quite well prepared.
2: Nari would like that um big potion of healing.
0: Okay, the big potion of healing. So that's hundred and fifty gold pieces. Um and uh the other thing, um Nari, if you want to, you can sell your old chain mail.
2: Oh nice, yeah.
0: Um he will he'll buy it he'll buy it from you for half the purchase price. So whatever it's listed as in the in the uh, player's handbook, uh, he'll pay half of that uh, for you to take it off your hands.
2: Okay, so uh, like thirty-five gold. Perfect. Okay, and how much do I owe him for the potion? One ninety, you said.
0: One fifty. So minus. So total, you're losing a hundred and fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Nice. He kind of cool. motions at the at the backpack and the bottle, and he's like, "Any takers? Anything?"
5: Who do, who do you think we are carrying
3: around that much money in the wilderness?
0: <laughs> you, you, you did fine with the packs of roving, roving goblins, so I, I assume maybe you, maybe you were more than I thought. But hey, I'm just glad you guys are alive. Maybe I'll see you, see you later, see you further down the trail. I'll, I'll have some other good stuff for you, okay? That would be great, Yes, yeah. See, us when we've gained a few more levels. <laughs> 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 we're going
3: to
1: kill some boars in the forest for a little while. Yeah, we need to grind before we can afford that.
0: <laughs> oh man, I don't see nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. Right. Okay, as Gerard is finishing up, unless anybody else wants to buy anything else that he's got, I was gonna. I was thinking of buying a bow, like a long bow and some arrows for pine, but that's not really that's not really his his bag. So he's good. Pine's okay. good. Daggers, I got daggers.
4: Okay. Does Does he have anything? Do you have anything that's more armor related?
0: What kind of armor are you looking for? I mean, I don't have anything fancy with armor, but I mean, I do have, basically he has, he can get you anything um, splint or less. So no full plate. Well, actually he doesn't have any heavy armor except for the chainmail he just bought.
4: So I was looking for, I've just had like these leathers and I'm thinking that perhaps something a little bit more hefty might be appropriate, so what what is your chain mail? What's the cost for
5: chain mail Chain mail or chain shirt? Well, I suppose both, if you have them all right uh he says, well, I can
0: get you a suit of chain mail for seventy five gold pieces or a chain shirt for fifty. The chain shirt's lighter it's not quite as protective but um
4: but it's nice. Hmm, I believe uh, I need to look up my feature stuff to figure out what I could even wear. I know I can wear. I don't think you can wear heavy armor, can you? Yeah, I don't think I can wear heavy armor.
0: So, it would just, so basically, it would be you buying the chain mail that Nari literally just sold to him. And if you noticed, um, Nari got 35 gold pieces for it, and he's turning around and selling it back to you for 75 <laughs>
2: Yeah, dude, you should talk to me about that first.
0: <laughs> but it is heavy armor. I don't, I don't think you can wear it. Yeah. Oh, but I always hated that. I always hated that in video games when you sold the wrong thing on accident and you had to go buy it back and it was double the price.
1: Ugh, yeah. the oh worst.
0: Okay, so you could get a chain shirt. Now, the chain shirt, I mean, that's going to give you, um, it's going to be an AC of 13 plus your decks, but only a maximum
4: of plus two. Which is great, because I don't have more than that. Okay. Um, I think I'll do that. Okay. So a a chain shirt. My friend
0: here,
5: this chain shirt looks good for you. It's uh, 50 gold pieces. Wonderful. Okay. Awesome.
0: Is that it for purchases from Gerard? Can we have one of those eggs from Porthos? Sure. He goes and he kind of, (laughs) Porthos is just kind of sitting there and Gerard just kind of just reaches up under his rump and kind of taps around. He says, there, there, on Porthos, Porthos. Uh, let it go let it ah there we go let it go
1: what's <laughs> he... he clenching
0: it with
2: <laughs> <laughs> his quaker we talked about
0: this <laughs> oh man and he pulls out he pulls out an egg and he, and he hands it to you He's like on the house all right so he hands you a, a very nice very large woolly ox egg Um, as you're finishing up with Gerard, Lars, the husband of, uh, of Mayor Joyce, if you recall, he's the one with the kind of the Hulk Hogan mustache. Um, he comes out, um, and uh, back from that side building, um, by over where the ship is. And he says, uh, excuse me, friends. Um, if you'll come with me, uh, I understand you're going to be taking the ship. Um, it's ready for you. He takes you around to the side of the house, um, over to this small, like shack um, to a dock um, around the front of the building um, that leads out into the river. And there is a small sailing ship. I think last time we described it as around like eight feet wide and like um, uh, 20 feet uh, uh, long. And then um, it's got a single mast and a sail. And Lars is standing there next to this young man. This young man's probably, I mean, he's hes slightly built, um, thin, he looks to be probably around 16 or 17 he's got red hair he's got like fox ears up on his head um he looks miserable out here in the rain um but um lara says this is braff he will be navigating you down the river to where you need to go um just tell him where you need to go and, and he'll make sure you get there safely
4: pleased to meet you braff where are you from <laughs> he says,
0: oh i'm from here in Tabori. um Please, if you'll, if you'll get on board, I, I understand that we're to be away uh, as soon as possible.
1: Was this a fast travel situation?
0: <laughs>
1: this is a get on the
0: boat, and it's going to travel faster than walking on land. So if that's what you mean by fast <laughs> travel, then yes. I'm actually not going to bring Crumbles on the boat. I'm going to have Crumbles go off into the woods and, and...
5: Be free!
3: Crumbles, I don't think there's room for you on the boat, but I'm I get the feeling that... Should I need you, I'll be able to find you again.
2: Are you going to throw rocks at him? Go away. I don't
3: <laughs> on, love you get anymore. Get out
2: of here. You get. <laughs> you get.
4: Oh, my gosh. That's I don't, don't
3: love you anymore, Crumbles. And you go away.
4: You got a white fang, that thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, you guys are bringing back so many memories. Not necessarily good memories, just memories. All right. Uh, Crumbles nods in understanding um, and uh, um, kind of does that elk bugle thing, that kind of mysterious bugle, and then um, immediately starts um, not galloping, but like cantering south, just down along the riverbank. Um, And you guys load up on the ship. You tuck in this, um, obviously, I mean, I don't know, obviously, did you leave Chancellor Ramsey on the back of Crumbles?
3: Oh, no, no, we would have gotten
0: Ramsey off. Okay, Okay, so first, (laughs) before Crumbles goes galloping, or goes cantering off... You manage to get Chancellor Ramsey in. You tuck him into the boat. You make sure his gag is in place. You you keep the hood over his head. Tuck him in. Um, everybody gets on the boat. Um, Braff uh, is kind of uh, he's he's slightly built, so he's kind of like hanging off the side, grabbing ropes and stuff. Kind of a uh, uh, he's barefoot out here in the rain. Um, he's got a jacket on and, and a hood pulled up over his ears and things, but it's 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 just miserable out here. This boat doesn't have any kind of a cabin, so it's all open to the air. Um, but you notice that the seats do have, like, cushions on them. Um, this is, it looks like this is probably the mayor's personal, like, quote, unquote, ship. Her, her, uh, her conveyance from the city of Tabury up here to her vacation home. Um, and so you are now all on this little ship. Uh, Braff goes and unties the lines, pushes you guys off from the dock, starts messing with the rigging and the the sail comes down and you start to pull away from this house as you do um, pine you look over into the woods south of the house and you can see uh, every once in a while that that faint colorful figure of crumbles um, jogging alongside the river um, trying to keep you kind of in sight Um, but the, the ship flows down the river And that is where we will end for tonight. Anyway, I just want to say thank you guys for playing. I had a great time. It got a little intense there in two different places. I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, But yeah, if you like what you heard, go ahead and tweet about it. Hashtag 12 Sided Guys. That's hashtag one, two sided guys. Um, Yeah, let us know what you liked, what you didn't like. If maybe you're picking up on some maybe hidden secret things that nobody else has picked up on, go and tweet those at us as well. and yeah, hopefully you guys continue to to follow us, check out our Patreon. Anything anybody else wants to add?
1: Rus's cutie mark would probably be <laughs> like a crest with a wing on it. Oh, there you go.
2: Mine would be like a war hammer and then like a sickle
1: crossed. So it would be like the <laughs> So like the USSR? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh.
4: oh gee twilight sparkle i think she's a communist
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh oh my
0: gosh that's so funny (laughs) i hope you continue to enjoy us and have a great night